This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet in 3, we look at the ways indoor and outdoor spaces are being reconceptualized during the pandemic to better suit new modes of living, working, and eating. It's brought a vibrancy and an energy back to the city streets that were so dearly missed during the height of the pandemic. This is about how we can grow indoors all year round you know, using proprietary technology that we've developed. How do I have someone understand, look, don't take a next to the June berries because you can eat those. That's free food. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Tema food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my co-guests. And my guest today is Tomu Kisaichi, who is the owner, grower, and winemaker of the Maboroshi Vineyard in Sonoma, California. Tom is courageous. Without any background of winemaking, he went to France to study wine at one of the most greatest Burgundian wineries in Jibri Chambertin, and eventually in 1999, he opened the Maboroshi Vineyard with his wife and business partner, Rebecca. Tom practices the biodynamic agricultural method in his vineyard. His wine reflects the pure and lively flavors of the soil, and that is why wine lovers taste his wine. So today we'll discuss why Tom got into how Tom got into wine, how he started his career in wine without any background, Tom, uh, why biodynamic methods are important in making great wine, and Japanese wine pioneer Nisonoma in the early 20th centuries. By the way, that person was a former samurai, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So if you haven't, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's start a conversation with Tom Kisaichi. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Okay. So, Hi, how are you? Uh, how are you? Good. We're good. But uh, how are you doing? Because your area in Solomon, California, has been danger due to the wildfire. So everything's okay now? Yeah, it's a slowdown, but still we have a lot of, how to say, fire warnings. So until we have a rain, we have to be cautious about the fire. So, mm. okay. Right, well, good luck with that. Um, so, first of all, uh, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up? Okay, uh, I'm from Osaka, Japan, and uh, I eat everything except for the natto. I don't like natto, but uh, <laughs> I, I like to eat uh, all the, uh, you know, Osaka is a very famous for the good food. Uh, okonomiyaki, takoyaki, uh, yakisoba, something like that. Right. Yeah, Osaka is really uh, 
the center of food culture, people say. And uh, it's casual, yet very um, approachable and uh, less expensive compared to the next door Kyoto. So, yeah, you are lucky that you grew up in Osaka. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, how did you get into wine? Yeah, um, that, that's, uh, you know, a kind of a difficult question. Just, uh, I like wine, so <laughs> I wanted to make wine. <laughs> Right. Yeah, people. Oh yeah, no, not uh, not a big motivation or something. Yeah. Just uh, I like wine. Mm. But I heard an episode that you were uh, born into the family of a liquor store, and then you happened to taste um, Albatash, which is one of the best uh, Burgundy wines, and you really decided to yeah, pursue carrying yeah. wine. Yeah. Yeah, um, long time ago, um, one uh, wine magazine came here to interview me, and uh, the writer asked me, uh, "What wine? What wine <laughs> uh, impressed me?" And I said, uh, ah, "Ratash." <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. I'm sure there are like million other good wines that mm-hmm. you got to know, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then you, in 1991, you went to France to study wine and worked right. at uh, Domaine um, Amon Rousseau in Gibraltar, Chambertin, which is the home of the greatest French wine. So how did you get the job there? Yeah, um, it, it's a long story. Um, at that time, you know, uh, it's very difficult to get a uh, business visa, a uh, working visa. And uh, I get a student visa at uh, University of Bourgogne in Dijon. Mm. And uh, at that time, I had a connection uh, with a salesperson of the winery uh, in New San George. So I asked him to uh, take care of me at the winery. And uh, I went there. And... uh, you know, um, as soon as uh, <clears throat> I arrived at Dijon, I went to um, the winery. Uh, I can't mm. tell the winery name now. Okay. Anyway, oh, anyway um, so <clears throat> at the winery, they said, what are you doing here? They don't know. <laughs> no, they don't know I'm coming to study wow. uh, winemaking. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I cannot go back to Japan. And, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> if I go back to Japan, everybody laugh at me. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I heard you were with your wife and uh, your three-year uh, daughter, too. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. So. And uh, oh yeah, I know everybody called me a loser or something like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, I uh, I asked my so French teacher at the university uh, mm. write a letter in French now uh, why I can uh, come to France and uh, what I going to do in French so. Uh, I carry that letter and knock on the uh, Ichi winery. 
And the third binary or fourth binary, that's a domain Almagestor. Wow. Oh, so is the owner. And he said, okay, you can work here. Nice. Fortunately, his wife has a Japanese friend and they like Japanese culture. So I was lucky, kind of. Oh, wow. Oh, that's such a great coincidence. And uh, I think it turned out to be, uh, you got lucky to be able to work at uh, such a great winery. Yeah, uh, it, it's very nice. But, uh, you know, um, uh, first winery I visited is uh, Romane Conti. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, but then, but it's okay. I think it sounds like it's really amazing place. But but what was the biggest challenge that you faced while you're working at the domain uh, Amoruso? Yeah, um, um, how, how to say? So, I thought winemaking is uh, work in the cellar, but uh, always he took me to the vineyard. So, I have to uh, uh, take care of the vines every day, every day, outside. Mm-hmm. Outside work, not uh, inside work. I thought uh, I I can taste the wine every day or something like that, but it never happened. Always being at work, and uh, you know, weather is not nice over there. California is very nice, but uh, over there is, it was very cold in winter, and uh, that, that's a that's a very depressed. Mm. <laughs> and, also, and also, I couldn't speak French at that time, right? <laughs> right. So basically, you became a farmer, right? Instead of wine, studying winery in a winery. So, but what's the? I mean, everybody says now, real wines made in vineyards. Is that what you learned from? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I learned. So, so um, I, I can say. Uh, Good grapes makes a good wine. The bad grapes makes a bad wine. So grape is very important. Mm. Right. Okay. Mm. Right. Well, that's really, I think France is really one of the most advanced countries in terms of um, your very natural and sustainable farming practice. So I think you went there at the right time to, to get to know what is happening. Um, yeah, so, uh, but you moved to California in 1992. So why did you move to California? Um, uh, so it was very, very cold over there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, weather is not nice. And uh, at that time, 30, almost, almost 30 years ago, right? Uh, that, that generation, they are not nice to the uh, foreign people. Mm. So uh, they are very snob and uh, they never speak English. And uh, so, and uh, my wife also, she doesn't like uh, French people, so we moved to California. Mm. Right. <laughs> okay. That's a good choice. And, uh, yeah, and uh, another big reason. And uh, um, 
property, uh, so vineyard value, the, in France, the 200 times more expensive than the California. So oh, wow. it's impossible to buy you know, some vineyard. Mm. For me. Mm. Right, because each uh, piece of land is already graded, so they have a set price depending on how much great wines they produced in the region in Burgundy, right? So sounds like it's impossible to have a piece. Um, okay, and then you, um, yeah, you chose Sonoma, not, not in Napa yeah. Valley, right? So um, why is that? Yeah, um, when we came here, we looked around uh, Napa Sonoma for almost three years. And uh, I liked the Pinot Noir. Uh, and uh, Russian River or Canelos area, we, uh, we are looking for the vineyard. But, uh, you know, Sonoma is uh, more like a, like a so country, you know, Burgundian style village you can see mm. but, uh, Napa, Napa is a very like a Bordeaux style and uh, uh, very business like uh, atmosphere so I don't like uh, Napa area mm. right right so I mean personally I've been to Sonoma it's almost impossible to believe that the Napa and Sonoma are really next to each other because they have totally different um, culture. Napa is more like bigger corporate based uh, wineries and the Sonoma is smaller, I believe. Yes. Right. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, and Sonoma is really suited, especially where you are, that's the Russian River Valley, um, is known for uh, good climate for Pinot Noir, right? Right. Pinot Noir and uh, Chardonnay. Mm, right. Mm. That's really deep, Burgundian wine grapes right. yeah and uh you know the the movie the sideways that's the pinot noir that's very uh, sensitive and difficult wine to grow but you can grow a good uh, pinot noir in sonoma yes so and uh so do you uh, you know the culturally speaking do you find california uh more kind of interesting to you than you know, we're really, well, really well-established French Burgundian wine culture as a winery owner. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, the Burgundian and the California is uh, much different. You know, um, uh, Burgundian, they make uh, wine by like an uh, experience. The California is, uh, you know, is uh, the technique, techni mm. technical, so machinery stuff. Mm. And uh, actually, so I don't like uh, so California way. Mm. I like uh, so like uh, experience way. So mm. experience or tra traditional way. Right. Like Japanese sake making, it's more about the human mm. elements really affects the taste of the drink. That's uh, the style. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. Um, and then how did you study wine, though? I mean, you spent one year in uh, Burgundy, 
and you moved to California. So after that, how did you、uh, study winemaking technically? Yeah,、uh, at first、uh, I went to the UC Davis. That、uh, you know, two academic over there, and the professor told me to go,、uh, to work at the winery, and、uh, so I, I can learn the more practical practical stuff in the winery. So I started、mm. uh, start uh, start uh, uh, cellar work and、uh, raw work, and.、Uh, I became an enologist winemaker.、Mm, right. I mean, by the way, the listeners were not familiar with、uh, UC Davis. That's the Harvard of wine study. So you went to the best way to study wine.、Um, okay,、But、and then、um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah,、um, you know the classmate <laughs> at UC Davis. They know the wine about the red wine or white wine. They don't know about the, so. You know, I、uh, actually、um, I came to the California.、Uh, I was、uh, I studied the Jubilation Bertan. So they don't know the Jubilation Bertan. Oh. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. So, you, you know,、uh, they, they are just. Student and how do you say? Actually, wine level is not a, not a good. They know、mm. the chemical stuff or those stuff, but、uh, right. Well, it's、mm. kind of refreshing, right? Because I I happen to study wine personally because、mm. I like wine, but and you know if you don't intensely intensively study. Wine, you you have no idea. Just a, what is Burgundy? What's the grape? And who cares, basically? And、uh, yeah. the California attitude is: what、well, if it's good, you drink it and you enjoy it. That's really refreshing. And I think you know you mentioned、uh, really expensive land price in Burgundy because of that traditional mind. And this is the history; it's proven. You drink it because it has to be good, and that's why Burgundy wine <laughs> tend to be very expensive for ordinary public. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of like that approach of California too. Yeah, that's right.、Mm. <laughs> um, so,、uh, yeah, French people are very smart, and、uh, you know,、uh, the wine has a, like a story or a ex- extra value, so、mm. more expensive. But、uh, California is a new land, so. <laughs> They don't have a much story, so just taste, just taste of wine taste. Right. Okay. And、uh, I, because you are in Sonoma, and I, I really have to mention、um, uh, Kanae Nagasawa. I think you're familiar、mm-hmm. with、uh, this Japanese gentleman who、um, who was one of the first persons who have succeeded in the wine business in California, and.、Uh, Yeah, so maybe you can tell us about him. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, about about.、Uh, yeah. So, who was that?、Uh, yeah, Kanae Nagasawa, and what did he do? Yeah, about. Yeah,、uh, he he's a son. Uh, he's a samurai, right? 
from uh, Kagoshima, uh, Satsuma. One hundred fifty years ago, he went to the France to study, and uh, several year, years later, uh, he moved to New York and joined the cult group. And the cult cult group moved to the Fountain Grove in Santa Rosa, uh, where uh, about ten miles from here, and they start making wine, Santa Rosa. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Nagasaki took over uh, winery and uh, he started uh, his own business over there. And mm. uh, he, he, uh, he, he's a very talented winemaker and also talented, uh, talented uh, economy. economy. Mm. Mm. Right. And what I heard also is that he went to study abroad with a Japanese government mission when he was 13 years old. And then mm -hmm. I think he happened to stumble onto that cult religious organization, not because he was really into that cult, um, you know, minded person, but because of his situation, he had to rely on somebody. And then uh, the other members left, but he decided to stay. And I also know that he went to the, uni uh, the Cornell University to study, and uh, he decided to live in this country forever, and then he went to California. So he's, he's a quite a story. And uh, yeah, what I heard also is that uh, he, his wine, California wine, was the first wine that was exported to England from California. So he made it a history. And um, yeah, and I think uh, he's... Uh, it's Paradise Beach Winery nearby. You were winery. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. He that used to be his winery, right? Mm hmm Yeah. Uh, do you know the inside inside the story? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh. He. Uh, he has no kid, right? Uh, he never oh. married, so he doesn't have a child. So uh, uh, he asked his nephew and niece come to California from Kagoshima to, uh, oh. to inherit his property. Oh. Uh, but uh, you know, at that time uh, there is a bad law. Uh, California, California alien. Land law or something like that, mm. which is uh, which prohibit uh, Asian people uh, own the land. Wow. Uh, so uh, nephew and niece uh, could not uh, inherit his property. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, at uh, he, I think uh, when he passed away. Uh, he said, uh, I would be back. Hmm. Do you know so, what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, his car started. Oh. Car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 30 years later, uh, there's a big fire in Santa Rosa. And oh. Then, oh. And then... <laughs> Fifty years later, 
big fire and the paradise ridge binary is burned. Do you know that? Wow. <laughs> so there's a curse we really wanted yeah. to do. And wow. The, and the, there is a small museum uh, uh, in the basement of Paradise Ridge. Uh, and uh, all the so Nagasawa Kanai's uh, kimono or uh, sword, mm. and it are something all burnt out. So uh, I thought uh, the castle was completed, finished. Right. But, uh, no, one 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 week later, uh, they found the sword. So, curse still continues. Mm, wow! <laughs> right, see what happens. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, Mr. Kanae Nagasawa, former samurai, who made a great story in California and wine history. And I heard in 1983 when uh, the President Reagan went to Japan, he mentioned. Um, Nagasawa's name, and then that was how he got finally recognized. So maybe Dakiana is up a little bit of curse, but who knows? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so no, that, that's I made up. Okay, that's I made up. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my story. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me know when it's ready. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the book. Um. So. So why did you name your vineyard Maboroshi? Oh, oh this one? Um, yeah, uh, so 1991, uh, I told uh, my parents and my friends, uh, I will go to France and uh, I, I want to study winemaking. At that time, uh, uh, one of my friends told me uh, that, that's a, a dream, right? Uh, hmm. Or uh, Maboroshi, so don't go over there uh, because uh, I was already married and uh, I had a kid, uh, daughter, so hmm. I have to um, settle in Japan. But uh, I did, right. and uh, yeah, right. And, uh, so Maboroshi come true. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean Maboroshi can be in Japanese. It can be like well, dream or something like um, very uh, whimsical dream, something like, you know, like a very um, elusive dream that you can't probably get. So <laughs> that's oh, yeah. interesting. You actually you tried <laughs> to name the winery with a dream. And yeah, so, uh, so I explained to the American people, so impossible dream come true. Right. <laughs> and you made it. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, by the way, so you both grow grapes, of course, because vineyards means everything, almost, for you in winemaking. And uh, make wine and your vineyard is certified organic and biodynamic. And most of us are familiar with organic, but what is biodynamic and what is it important to practice the biodynamic method to produce great wine? Um, but, uh... Biodynamics is, uh, uh, how much do you know about biodynamics? <laughs> mm. uh, so about 100 years ago, uh, Rudolf Steiner, you know, the Steiner School. Mm. Well, Rudolf, uh, Rudolf Steiner is uh, like a philosopher. Right. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, he uh, uh, so hundred years ago he worried about uh, uh, 
how to say, uh, farming stuff. Uh, farmer use lots of chemicals in the uh, in the farm. So he warned, uh, don't use a chemical and uh, uh, need to. <clears throat> so don't uh, destroy the natural cycle. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, he told the farmers, do this, do this, do this. And uh, there are two important things. Uh, the one is, uh, you know, uh, cow horn, uh, put the cow manure in the cow horn and uh, bury, bury the underground uh, in autumn. And uh, six months later in spring, Oh, we uh, we dig out uh, a cow horn and uh, spread to the vineyard. Mm. Mm. Right. Well, this sounds mystical, but I think basically you grow um, the natural bacteria, kind of like incubate the bacteria in the cow horn because cows already have the bacteria put in it, and then the soil is naturally um, merged into that kind of, you know, as I said, ground of uh, growing the bacteria. So when it's ready in spring, there's so many good um, bacteria ready to grow more on the soil that may really fertilize the, the land, right? Is that the theory? Yeah, yeah. How do you know? I... How come you? Usually people don't know about this. <laughs> Oh well, I actually I I never understood this idea of a uh, you know cow's horn thing, but you told yeah. me now that so hey, that makes sense because you know bacteria grows does explosive once it's really grown like anything any mold, right? So that really makes sense. Like you know when you make sake, koji grows on a hot uh, yeah. rice. It's the same idea to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. And the cow manure, the only, oh, that's a, called compost, only 30 grams per one acre. So normal people, they don't believe that works for the vineyard. Only mm. 30 grams, uh, only just a handful of, uh, one handful of uh, some compost. Right. Wow. Mm. Right. But it's really important, right? But we, we take a probiotic for our gut microbiome. And that's the same idea. You have to put the good uh, bacteria on the soil so that um, the, the, vines, uh, the vines growing on top of it get the full benefit of that beneficial microbiome. And I think that really shows the taste of the soil. That's what, what people call terroir. In France, and I, I think in uh, especially in Europe, France and Italy, they are really keen on growing vines um, with the, the biodynamic, the biodynamic methods. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then you like the style of uh, Burgundian wine, but you make wine in Sonoma, and your background is Japanese. So, how do you incorporate these three elements in your winemaking philosophy? Um, so my wine, um, so wine making philosophy, everybody asks me, but I don't have anything. 
just, just uh, you know, uh, I grow uh, good grapes. So uh, I always uh, maintain the some ground, like a biodynamic way. Mm. And uh, so, so vines makes uh, uh, good grapes. And uh, good grapes mm. make good wines. Right. And, uh, mm. uh, uh, everybody thinks uh, uh, winemaking is difficult, but uh, winemaking is very easy. I don't have to do anything. Just uh, mm. naturally, it still makes the wine. But, uh, right. uh, but uh, um, young uh, winemakers, they think it's uh, technique. So they want to add their uh, lots of stuff. You know, mm. uh, in the winery, we have also the like uh, seasoning, cooking seasoning. Mm. They want to use those stuff. Right. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think you make it sounds like easy to make good wine, and your wine is so popular. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so basically, you take care of the the vineyard and you try to um, enhance natural power, like um, yeast, to just work well. So you make the yeah. environment and then let them do what they do. Yeah, so. and uh, just, just uh, I'm watching the wine, don't go wrong way, you know. Mm. Uh, so just a main street uh, they are going. Okay, mm. all right, so, well, I have to taste your wine. <laughs> yeah, um, you should. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay, so we'll take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll discuss what types of wines he produces and uh, the important role of um, uh, Tom's wife, Rebecca, in succeeding the business. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Aki Katayama, and my guest today is Tomoki Saichi who is the owner, grower, and winemaker of Maboroshi Vineyard in Sonoma, California. So what types of wine do you make, and uh, how do you describe the style of your wine? Um, 
<laughs> That's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, so uh, people, uh, people who uh, drink my wine, they said uh, uh, always ask me. So my wine, uh, you, you can taste. Uh, um, how to say uh, ter terroir because mm -hmm. uh, uh, our uh, ground is a li little different from uh, other places. The, mm. Mm, the, right. Mm, um, and you make uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, mainly Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are both known for the, the grapes that really reflects uh, the types of the soil, climate, water, and everything. So that's, I think that's exactly what you're saying earlier, that you let them express what they have from the soil, and that's the style. I think that's why people say it's earthy, terroir-driven wine. Right. And you really make uh, uh, 150 cases a year? Um, depends on the year. Um, uh, I have a contract with uh, another winery, so sometimes, uh, yeah, I make uh, 150 cases and sometimes uh, around 800 cases. And your Maboroshi label, uh, as a Maboroshi vineyard, you make 150 cases and sometimes work with other because you have a vineyard to sell mm -hmm. grapes from the vineyard right. to other wineries. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so your wife, Rebecca, is also a great business partner. So mm -hmm. how did you meet each other and uh, what is her role in the business? I heard she has uh, also a great experience working with the notable growers and winemakers. Right. How did you get this information? <laughs> oh, I do a lot of research. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, uh, 30, almost 40 years ago, we met uh, in Osaka, yeah, at the disco. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, 36 years ago, we married and uh, still together. Wow, but why is she in Japan when you met? Uh, she, she likes the Japanese literature, like uh, Mishima Yukio or Kawabata Yasunari. So she, mm. came to, she came to Japan to study Japanese literature. Oh, wow. Amazing. Mm. Right. Mm. So, and then, uh, so what does she do as a partner of the business at the winery? Yeah, she, she also uh, work at uh, uh, another winery and uh, she had the experience uh, uh, of being at the management, especially, do, do you know the hereditary? Mm -hmm. Oh, Tali of uh, Zimbabwe. Like, oh, that, uh, that's a bra bra brother. Right. So that's the sister. Uh, mm. Yeah, sister. Um, right. Very famous. Leden uh, uh, Dili winemaker. Mm. But anyway, uh, right. uh, two or three years, she, uh, Rebecca works under the Hedentari. So she learned a lot of being other staff. Mm. Right. So it's great that you can closely uh, work together and strong business partners, both are very experienced. So 
Yeah, and then um, so I heard that you you so you said earlier that you sell grapes to other wineries, and uh, so who, who are the clients? Um, um, one is a Deloche winery, mm. and another one is a, a Dutch crossing winery. Okay. Right. Um, Deloche, uh, Deloche, uh, actually, Deloche wineries uh, was owned by a French company and oh. uh, a French winery in the Burgundy, and they um, operate uh, biodynamically in France. And uh, oh. Oh, they asked, asked us to do the biodynamic originally. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. I like Deloge, but I didn't know they were owned by French people. <laughs> mm. Right. So do you think uh, more Napa Valley uh, or the Sonoma and Napa winery is becoming more biodynamic now? No, I don't think so, because uh, biodynamics, you have to work very, very hard. Mm. And uh, uh, but uh, you know, production is uh, not much different. Right, but you can use any uh, pesticides or any chemicals on the soil, right? No, uh, we we don't use any chemicals. Right. right? So, uh. right. So it must be really hard to because just in case something happens with the climate, you just have to deal with it <laughs> without preventing yeah. anything. Right. Okay. So, uh, so where can we buy your wine? Uh, actually, uh, directly we send it to the United States. Okay. Within the U.S. So, is it online? Online, yes. Okay. But it depends on the state. Uh, different. So, I'm not sure we can send to. The uh, right. Yes, yeah. that's a problem always. <laughs> Alcohol mm. sales um, mm. between the states. Okay. So the yeah, your winery is uh, www.maboroshiwine.com. That's M-A-B-O-R-O-S-H-I wine.com. Maboroshiwine.com. Right. That's the online shop. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, uh, what are your plans? No, I want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go to Mexico. Really? Yeah. So yeah. what? Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, everyone wow. asks uh, uh, after retire what do you want to do. So I I always uh, tell them uh, mm. I want to go to Mexico and uh, I want to see a uh, uh, young ladies in the beach. <laughs> <laughs> With Rebecca. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, please keep me posted and I will definitely try to visit you when I, next time I go to California. Uh, I don't know when I can fly again, but yeah, that'll be great to be able to visit your winery. So, hopefully, I will see you there. Yeah. And uh, we have an uh, apartment, so you can stay at our oh. apartment. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. And uh, good luck with the whole weather and wildfire stuff. And please stay safe. All right. Thank you very much. 
Okay, so listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japaneseheritagevideonetwork.org or akikokatayama.com. Japan is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Joseph Kleinchich, and thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Japan is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening. 